0: Welcome to the Human Being Unleashed podcast, where we redefine, realign, and reimagine what it means to be human so that you can live a life with the health, wealth, and relationships that are inherently yours. Want to start getting more out of yourself performing better showing up with way more calm and ease and certainty in what you do if so then you want to go from beta brain waves down to alpha brain waves because if you can operate in alpha then there is no way you can bring anxiety with you stress with you overwhelm with you and i'm excited about this conversation because This guy is all about tapping into alpha to access. Well, not access because to say you got to access it, it's kind of like you don't have it because you do have it. And Delaney McGuire is going to break down how you can tap into alpha brainwaves to experience what we call flow, that natural rhythm of life that is always here, always thriving. And I am so excited for this conversation One thing is I just met this guy not too long ago at an event. And let me just say, you know, when you meet somebody and you just click immediately, it was one of those. And within like maybe like 20 minutes of talking to him, I was like, okay, I'm going to eventually pitch this guy to get him on my podcast because I really want to get him on my podcast. And um, yeah, so here we are. Delaney is about to drop some straight up gold for you guys that is going to teach you how to tap more into alpha brainwaves so that you can get more out of yourself in your work life, in your personal life. And honestly, it's about time we stop we stop separating the work and personal life. It's all connected, right? And um, I'm going to go on a whole tangent on that. So let me just stop taking up your entire day and let me go ahead and just get right to this podcast. Enjoy. I know you will. So I'm sitting down virtually today with a very very interesting person who i just told you guys about. Now, it's funny because we both live in Austin, so it would be nice to do this in person. I need to get the whole in-person set up. <laughs> Anyways, i wanted to bring this guy in. So, i was at as, as as you guys remember, i think in maybe a couple of episodes ago i dived into um, you know, a little bit about this these couple of events. A couple of weeks i went through speaking at, at events, and one of the events i spoke at, uh, i remember seeing this kid there and i thought he was a client. I saw him there because he he was like just hanging out with all the clients, talking to him like he was best friends with them. I was like, all right, he's probably just another client. And then I spoke. Preston spoke. I took a break, took a nap and I came back upstairs and then you were speaking. I was like, oh, snap, that's not a client. I was like, "This, this is an actual this is a guest speaker here. And I loved everything he talked about because. The things he was mentioning was a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast, but he has a nice angle to the way he does it. So let's go ahead and let's just get into this conversation, man. And now another cool thing is me and Delaney got flown out separately on separate planes to this event, but we flew back on the same plane same. Yeah. Same exact plane. We're like one one flight. We're literally sitting across the aisle from each other. And needless to say, we got a lot of time to get to know each other. So I usually don't know my guest this well, but I know him pretty well after that after that That's one. Good. But let's go ahead. And I want the audience to get to know you a bit. We're going to be talking all things flow today, by the way. But before we dive into that and a couple of tools that our audience can use to really maximize their mental capacity and their performance Let's give them a little background on you. So I know you're from Chicago, right? Yes. Okay. So you're from Chicago, completely different weather than here in Texas. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's good
1: good to be born into that. So then when you move here, you you understand what it could be like.
0: Gotcha. Never will I go back. Yeah, dude. So if I go to Chicago, like I need like 10 layers on. There's no way I can do that. So, yeah. But okay. So you were born in Chicago. Now you did something at a young, you're, you're still very young. How old are you? 26. Oh, that's right. I remember we were around the same age. So he's still very young, but at an even younger age, you decided to do something that not a lot of, uh, young kids your age do. And you went, um, nomadic living, right? Backpacking is what they call it. Uh, I'm curious, What about you? What about your energy or your curiosity at the time or what was happening in your life at the time that made you want to do something like that, where you don't have a stable home, right? Let's call it for what it is. I mean, you're living nomadically. What made you want to do that?
1: Yeah, man, that's a great question. So for me, a little backstory. So when I was I think I was about 24 when I started nomadic life, and I did it through through van life initially. So I bought I bought a Sprinter van, stripped it out, built like the bed, the kitchen. I was about to say,
0: didn't you build like a van basically? I'm going to be telling
1: you. Yeah. So it was like it was basically like a mini luxury apartment on wheels. And most people would think that's like okay, if you don't have a job and you're a hippie, that's like what you do. Um, But to backtrack, you know where where this journey all started probably about a year prior to me choosing to do the nomadic life. I was living in Chicago. i had graduated university of Illinois okay. and I was a nerd. So I, I had double majored in marketing and it and I was working a really nice job, making a ton of money was partying a lot. Um, you know, I was a frat boy in college, but really i created this lifestyle at 23 out of college where I had all the things that I thought I really, really wanted. I had the lucrative job. I was climbing the corporate ladder really aggressively like way far ahead in my career and I was having this like really fun nightlife experiences all the time. And even though that's what I thought I wanted, and I'm sure you guys, you know, talk a good amount on this podcast about mental health and like, how do we really have create those building blocks? That was not anything I was really oriented to. And without going super deep into it, and if we want to go there, we can. I unknowingly had experienced a lot of childhood trauma around my having an alcoholic father. So I was like seeking so much outside of myself in the way I was living with seeking money, seeking women, seeking experiences, seeking validation. To cover up all these voids in myself that I didn't even know were there of unworthiness, of low confidence, of crazy social anxiety. And I was just numbing it all out.
0: Uh, That's interesting. (laughs) I was going to say that's interesting real quick because you said, you know, insecurity is like you're not really low confidence, but you were working a job Where you probably came off like a very confident kid. Yes. Right. It was because
1: I was like, you know, I didn't get validated from my dad. I didn't get validated from my mom. So to me, the validate, like again, unconsciously, it was like, oh, if my, if this senior vice president tells me I'm good enough, or maybe if I get to like the, you know, 200K paycheck, Mm -hmm. then that void inside of me will, will fill. So it wasn't even that I, I definitely was not confident in myself, but I worked so hard to a point of burnout.
0: Because I just wanted, I was like seeking. You so wanted right. that validation. <laughs> yes. Interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting how much of a human need it is to be seen, right? Now, one of the things I know, okay, so actually keep going um, on, your, on your story real quick. So you started working in this, you were working in corporate, you were living this nightlife. Something must have happened that made you start saying, this isn't for me because the guy i know now is not that right so what what, what was going on
1: yeah man so you know it, it was kind of this slow build i was starting to notice like i was getting more and more messed up on the weekends i was feeling more and more anxious and mm. it really just hit a, a super low point it wasn't a night much different than others you know we had a bunch of people over crazy party up till four in the morning i I think it's fun to tell it this way but i consider myself a good person so i would never buy cocaine but people are always doing cocaine so in my house so you know i was that dabbling into that and Mm. you know those there's just one morning i woke up and super hungover and i was not a spiritual person and i I had a very logical scientific frame of the world but i had a
0: very i had a very spiritual
1: experience where i woke up and I had never used the word soul before in my life, but I had this like deep feeling and deep knowing that in that present moment, there was no soul left in my body. Like I had, wow. I had, I had drank it away. I had cocaine it away or whatever, but it was this, it was just this deep, deep, deep visceral feeling of emptiness. And I had heard a voice that was like outside of myself telling me, if you don't make a change soon something really bad is going to happen to you. And It was weird, but it shocked me awake and it it shocked me to realize like, okay, foot down and to bring some extra awareness into my life too. Like, okay, you have this like father figure who was an alcoholic and proliferated a lot of pain in your life and you're no longer an innocent college kid. You're 23 and you're like going hard in that direction. So Um. yeah, so I really checked in with myself and it was by no means immediate. It took time. It took a lot of time. I started. I literally OK, so I it
0: mean, wasn't just like you woke up one day and you were like, that's it. Everything's changing. It was more of a progressive shift is what you're saying.
1: The, the conviction to change was absolutely okay, there. There you go. So I, was that's a, I was a night and day person in terms of what I was oriented towards. I got you. But it took time for my habits and my patterns to catch up. Catch gotcha. up. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know about mental health really. Um, I started going to a non-denominational church just to like put myself around people who were at least doing a little, being a little more quality human than my frat boyfriends. Uh,
0: And
1: and, and yeah, and it was just, and to to just quickly fill the gap between there and the van life stuff, you know, over the next year, I just really started creating space from, you know, I, I truly believe you can't really call anything in until you create the space for it. So at that time, it was like, I have to create space from these people. I'm surrounding myself with the things I'm doing. So it was really just like, okay, I'll be moving by myself in Chicago and like not go out as much and start reading more books and more podcasts. And I just naturally got very curious. And eventually I got to a point where I was, I knew I wanted to be in the entrepreneurial space. I didn't even know coaching was a career you could have at the time. <laughs>
0: I know it's so crazy, Right.
1: Right. Right. And, but, but I just knew it wasn't what I had. And I was like, why do I live in Chicago? when my favorite thing to do is like go to the park. You know, if, I, if my favorite <laughs> thing is to be in nature in Chicago, I probably shouldn't be in Chicago. Uh,
0: uh, good point.
1: But yeah, it just, it just like clicked for me one day that, you know, van life, I always thought that was this crazy thing, but I was like, Oh no, I could like create this really dope mobile apartment. And because I don't know what I want in my life, but I just know it's not this, it'll give me the freedom to move around and explore, and I, I knew I really enjoyed nature, so that would give me a chance to be in nature more. And it really did set me up for everything that I've got going on now. You know, just like the the freedom. It,
0: where did it the really spiritual was stuff? Creating a
1: blank slate so that all this stuff could happen.
0: Okay, where where, where did the spiritual stuff come in? Because you were you said earlier, I'm not. I wasn't a spiritual guy. I wasn't a. I was a logical guy. You know where? Because now, of course, you use your logic but you also embrace other aspects of yourself. When did that start becoming a thing? Yeah, for
1: sure. And I, I, love, I love talking the philosophy, of like even what is spirituality
0: because it means so many different yeah, things. Yeah, let's talk about that first. What does that, yeah, what does it mean to you, man? I, I, that's a great question.
1: Oh man, cool, let's go, let's go there. Um, you know, to me, to me intuitively, I want, my answer is spirituality
0: is, how do I live as the highest, best version of myself mm. in the world? So,
1: how did that come upon me? As I mean, I, like, there's no ideology that resonates 100% with me. I have studied Hinduism. I love It's funny. Same here, here,
0: yep.
1: Yeah. And it's awesome that you studied under Marissa Pier because to me, like, Mind Valley was actually one of the tools that supported me the most i i really really loved how their like the content they were putting out on modern spirituality was just like it was that exact same thing it was just distilling whether it be ancient practices or even like biohacking type stuff
0: into but, a science
1: yeah exactly but it's just like merging all together so for me it's really it, it, it's just such a dynamic thing but it's like how do i generate the greatest sense of of wholeness and wellness within myself so that i can pour that out into the world essentially mm.
0: So what where, where what particular moment did you start becoming aware of a spiritual reality that you started wanting to embrace was it pre van life during van that's what I, I'm that's what I want to figure mm-hmm. out you
1: know it was probably pre i think it literally was it's hard to pinpoint a specific moment because I, I was just curious. Cause I, I was so clear that the answer was not money and it was not sex and it was not-
0: Cause you already money. had that and it didn't do I, it for yeah. you.
1: So I, I didn't know it. I just wanted to like feel peace probably inside of myself. And mm. it, it truly was like picking up breadcrumbs of like, you know, I think I read a book called um, by David Brooks. I don't even remember the name of the book but it was like about values. It's like, what do you value as a human? Um, and that book really woke me up, because he was writing from his perspective of being a really famous um, like writer, journalist, and then realizing that that was not it. And he had, he had whatever this, eventually I'll remember the name of the book and send it to you. But um, yeah, just hearing other people's testimonials of like how they try, how they were able to find true fulfillment and/ or more peace in their life coming from that place of
0: inter, inner emptiness. Ah, so that's what, so, so in other words, you, it sounded like you got into coaching and mentorship and th- it was that where, I mean, after that book, was it after that book?
1: Well, it, it was a few things. So it, to be honest, it was, it was not a black and white thing. It was very much like an ever evolving. So like literally it was just a culmination of overtime, like yeah. 10 minutes of a YouTube video on a random Tuesday got me like 1% closer to like understanding how i see spirituality but i would say even now like how i see spirituality today will be different from how i see it in in a month
0: yeah i like that what did you learn in that experience of being in living nomadically i can imagine the kind of lessons you can uncover about yourself because i can i mean you're spending a lot of time with yourself oh yeah a lot yeah man
1: so i would say the biggest thing was getting super comfortable
0: being alone to be honest why is that important? I want to know why that's important to you, why being, important, being alone is important. You know,
1: I think, I think especially in our culture, we're so connected to so many things outside of ourselves, whether it's just growing up with a lot of people around us and always hanging out with our friends. You know, when we're younger, always wanting to be around our friends, always doing things. It's super, I gotta pull my computer, um, you know, at least for me, when I was a little bit older and I was in college, it was like, you know, if if you have free time, you're you're meeting up with your friends to go out and do something. And if you're not in your home, we have Netflix, we have all these apps, we're on Hinge or whatever, you know? So the biggest gift to me from doing van life was spending so, so, so much time alone so that I got comfortable with it. And one of the biggest things that supported me in going from like, I have zero confidence. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know who I am in any way to my life today was committing to being out of my comfort zone as much as possible and saying yes to new experiences. Because to me, when I, when I, if I'm ever coaching someone or supporting someone on like purpose or like, how do do I find my thing? It's like, you just got to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks.
0: I a hundred percent agree with that.
1: You know, but you have to be willing to commit to curiosity and like you could do something and hate it, and it's fine. You know, you could go try boxing and it's just not for you, but then you try yoga and that's for you. So Van Life gave me it took out it took out everything from my life, especially like busy tasks. Like I wasn't really going grocery shopping, I wasn't cutting the grass, I wasn't cleaning my laundry room because I had like six possessions. So I did a lot of journaling. I got really good at being with my uncomfortable emotions and I I think to navigate that lifestyle, I just needed to have really, really good daily rituals as well. So like no matter where I was, like my environment was always changing, but I was able to like commit to yoga, commit to breathwork, commit to journaling to support myself.
0: Mm, So where out in your journey did you start to want to help other people? Because now you're coaching people, you're helping people enhance their performance, which we're going to talk about here in a bit. Um, But what got you into wanting to actually help people?
1: Yeah, so that, that has a more clear, straightforward answer. So I remember I studied, one of the things I'm most passionate about and have been since I was a little kid was communication. So I studied marketing in school and I was always like, I loved advertisements when I was a kid. I just thought they were cool and interesting. So I was always really intrigued about how do you, like, just the fact that based on how you share a message, you can influence people. And that was just really ah. interesting to me. So I started marketing in school and in my corporate job, I did a lot of marketing type work. So I was like, and I enjoy it. It's like a creative outlet. I love yeah. To yeah it's a very
0: creative thing. Yeah. So when I, when I stopped drinking,
1: I had a lot of energetic bandwidth <laughs> because I wasn't like getting blackout, drunk and sleeping till 2 PM the next day. So <laughs> like that creative energy, I, I got curious about entrepreneurship. So I don't think anyone ever read it, but I did have a blog, like a personal development blog when I first got into the, into this space. Oh, really?
0: Dude, I just started blogging, man. So that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. But you had, you so okay, so you uh, had yeah. your blog.
1: Yeah, exactly. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I just knew I wanted to, and, and truly my biggest intention was if I put this out there, one, it's creative and it gives me, you know, excitement to yeah. do it and joy fills the space of like what I was getting at a party but mm. I would choose to write about things that I wanted to instill in myself at a deeper level.
0: I'm the same way. Yeah. That's like my writing philosophy. If I write something to myself, it, it hits for other people so well because I, I needed it when I was writing it. Exactly, exactly. So that
1: was my entry point. And I would use Instagram to like communicate myself. It was, it was done so poorly because I just hadn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, But it, it was enough to just like start flexing that muscle. And, you know, I just had several crazy and like chance encounters during my van life journey. I like met a woman at a bus stop on my way to go skiing who was a life coach. And like, we, were, we had some really great conversations and, in my, and it clicked in my head. I'm like, you're telling me you can make pretty good money doing the thing and actually to help people in real life doing the thing that I'm doing for free. And I'm and doing
0: now. for myself right now.
1: Yeah. And no one's like engaging with it at all. So that was a big like light bulb aha moment. And I was able to meet some people in the industry and slowly but surely hiring mentors, working with different people in the space, making relationships with people doing it in the space eventually. And it's kind of wild like to go from corporate career where you like invested four years of learning and doing the thing. And then you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna throw that in the garbage can and start fresh. Completely the journey but yeah man just super super grateful for the people who stumbled into my life and supported it supported the journey
0: beautiful beautiful well I was those questions by the way it was just selfishly I just was genuinely curious about some of those things about you um now I whenever we whenever I was watching your talk um at the champ dev uh, retreat you were really heavy on flow and I love that you consistently referred to where you consistently um, showed how flow directly correlated with alpha. And you kept talking about the power of dipping into alpha brainwaves. Now, as a hypnotist, me and you were jamming on that as a hypnotist, mm-hmm. when I when I hear the word alpha or theta, not like alpha male, you know what I mean? Brainwaves, exactly, right? The real when I alpha hear that it actually matters. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Great. But when I hear about those things, my interest gets really peaked because everything about, like I explained it to you on that car ride to, um, you know, to the airport is like everything about hypnosis is literally just taking brainwave frequencies and slowing them down. And um, it was just interesting that you had so many different ways to get into flow. Right. So let's talk about this first and foremost, what is flow for people who have an idea, but, Still not 100% sure. What would you say, Flow?
1: Of course. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of Flow as like, okay, I was like surfing or like hiking a huge mountain peak and I just, you know, my sense of self went away and it was just like this euphoric feeling. Or I was just like so dialed in that like nothing could stop me. It could be even in a basketball game, like I'm hitting every three and no one can stop me and I just feel like light as a feather. So a lot of people will have a peak experience like that and be like, oh, that's Flow. And that is flow. But I think the coolest thing about this work and, and why I'm so genuinely excited about it is it's basically figuring out how to take these like peak phenomenon experiences where your performance is super heightened and you're like in this, it's basically in the zone. Like if you ever felt so in the zone, that's mm-hmm. what flow is. But the cool thing about the practice of flow coaching or supporting people to get into flow more, into alpha more, is realizing that you can actually manufacture that psychological state at any point in time when you're writing emails when you're building out your coaching
0: offer when you're you know doing not, anything know. that requires that level of genius or whatever genius you need
1: exactly so to me it's really about how do you take even the most mundane things but change the physiological state from which you approach them
0: oh so that, yeah okay so just to clarify real quick okay okay so just to clarify real quick So flow, like how most people see it is I was playing this sport or something and it triggered this state of me just being loud on my feet and time just flew me by. Right. But what you're saying is that it's not the activity, it's your state and you can manufacture the state and bring that into any activity, even if that's writing an email, even if that's so that's what you're saying. Right.
1: Exactly. And I can, let me elaborate on it a little bit too. So you, you talk, you talk with your guests about different brainwave states, a decent amount, right? Yes. Cool. Perfect. Perfect primer. Most audiences are like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my audience, they're um, pretty schooled on brainwaves, I believe. I love it.
1: Cool. So yeah, essentially, so my coaching and how I approach this is like the average person throughout their day, right? Most people get up and they're kind of Just the nature of our world is they're trying to get multiple things done at once. They're a little distracted. They're kind of all over the place, at least some of the time. And that's correlated with being in the beta brainwave state more often. So flow flow state, flow coaching, it's really about helping people, again, just like tap into alpha state more often. Slow your brainwaves down just a little bit so you're spending more time in that alpha state throughout the day. And when you're in that alpha state, when you're in flow, you're more present with what you're doing you're not you're not feeling distracted any sense of anxiety or stress has really fallen away yeah your sense yeah. of confidence is heightened you know you have you have more dopamine serotonin endorphins releasing in your brain so you feel more confident you feel more purposeful you feel like you have more capacity to make an impact in the world and your sense of well-being is just heightened so when I then that, that's what really got yeah what you got
0: and I, no, I just love this because you're, you're, you're talking about the emotional side of things. You're not saying, and you're going to be just focused. So your focus is going to be on your, your, you know, your cognitive abilities are going to be crazy. All of that happens. Right. But I love how you're saying you dip in alpha, you know, the anxiety and all that's going to fall away. You're going to feel more peaceful in that. Go ahead. Yes. I think you wanted to say something. <laughs>
1: no, I just get so excited. And, but I do want to say like, why, why i ex- why I found this and why I even am like so committed to it now. Yeah. Well, well, yeah why our,
0: is it important? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So like when I was first starting on this, this journey of like, okay, literally everything in my life is messed up. I don't want any of this anymore and I'm going to figure it out. Like that required a lot of like strong arming at first. And my initial approach to shifting my life to transformation, to growth was just discipline. And there was such a place for that. And there always will be, but what I found, like, you know, you can take it to the extreme of the David Goggins mentality, which is just like, get after it, grind, grind, grind to change your life. And the biggest thing I noticed is like one that's so prevalent in our culture, but it leads to burnout. And then it like, Basically, it's, you can create this vision, but it's at the sacrifice of all the other things in your life. Like if your cup is empty, if your emotional state, and here, let me just pause. I love this quote too. There's an Eckhart Tolle quote that's to the effect of whatever you get at the mountaintop of your goals, of your vision is really just a sum of all the emotional present moments on the way there.
0: Oh, oh, I felt that. Yeah.
1: Right. Ah, that felt good. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's like, okay, I want to build a, I want to build a seven figure business and I want to have a house in Colorado and I want to be married to a supermodel hottie. Um, if, if in the pursuit of that, in, in the pursuit of at least those career goals, you're in stress and anxiety every day for four years. The minute you catch that seven figure check, you just are stress and anxiety. Maybe you have a hot wife, maybe you have an awesome house. Maybe you've got the money in the bank, but you just like, rooted these neural pathways so deep in your brain of just stress for four years Mm. and i think so many leaders do that to themselves so to me what's so cool about flow is you can actually reach and there's some really cool studies we could speak to it yeah or not but if you learn how to channel flow you're actually going to be like two three
0: five times more yeah well actually talk about that real quick what do the studies show the impact of flow on performance and stuff
1: yeah, so there's really cool studies. I'll send you links if if you want to check totally, it out. but totally. one of the one of the biggest ones is a ten year study done at McKinsey, which is the largest consulting firm in the United States and maybe even in the world. They trained half of their executives in flow and half of them not in like they didn't get any flow training, and then they sent them back into the workforce. And if you think about it, as an audience, if, as a listener, your job, if you're entrepreneurial, is probably to creatively problem solve. If you're an executive at a consulting firm, it's probably what you're doing on a similar level of intensity, if not more so.
0: You're still problem solving at the end of the day.
1: Exactly. It's just like, it's like business problems. It's like, okay, solutioning. Those who trained in flow first and foremost were 500% more
0: effective in their job. Oh 500 percent 500 and like
1: I, I have to actually pause because it it literally sounds like bullshit like it, it does but this is a massive corporation that funded a very validated study and showed that those who learn how to channel flow and be more present with their work because they were more present they were able to get way more quality quality album. work So especially when you're creatively problem solving you know if you're if you're getting yourself in that alpha theta state you're coming up with highly creative, solutions so you can address if, if you're just going to go the regular grind it out route you can put in 30 hours of work to address a problem one you're but you're one creative solution away from being done with that problem in like a couple hours
0: mm. I, oh that's interesting so clearly flow is going to help you perform a lot better in whatever it is that you're doing exactly and that's like
1: if you, that's leaving all the other stuff on the shelf of the other benefits but even just for like work output or like let me hit my goals in terms of what I want to create in my business. Absolutely, because one, you're gonna tap into more like creative intuition. And it's essentially also like, how do you just get dialed in and present? Because everyone is addicted to your phone. If you're listening to this podcast and don't think you're addicted to your phone, you gotta check yourself because we're all addicted to it. They're phones.
0: listening to this on their phone more than like, <laughs> more than likely,
1: so. Yeah, exactly uh shout out to those of you who are like fully present but i bet some people are even just like multitasking yeah
0: I, I do it too when i'm in the podcast sometimes exactly but.
1: um but yeah so it's like okay one learning how to tap into flow in terms of just like how i go through my daily flow will make you more productive but then also i'm doing better and also i'm no longer sacrificing my mental and emotional well-being and I see, I see that as just being it's the most important thing because we're multidimensional humans. We, everyone wants to have a good relationship. Everyone wants to have, feel passionate in their life or experience joy on a daily basis. But the number one way that all those other things get robbed from us is because we're pouring too much, not too much, but we're just pouring so much mm. into our career that there's nothing left over. And it might not even be noticeable today, but what, is, what are the tenure implications
0: of just stressing my daughter after work you know oh that's a good question to ask exactly so for me the whole
1: frame of all this is how do we use flow as a tool to create a deeply fulfilling life across the board so it's career it is career goals it's career vision it's like let's get after it and full permission to dream into those other areas of my life and how
0: do I lift them all up at the same all time? Up oh, it. I love it. So one, one thing that I want to ask you, this is just a side note from the other question sure. I'm getting ready to ask. Yeah, and go. That is I've noticed is because I, if as you know, I was teaching you how to anchor in like a quick little flow thing. Right. And so yeah. I use these anchors Well, as you were talking the whole time I've had my fingers down here the entire time. Right. And so I use these and what I, um, so I, everything in, my power is to how much can i work in alpha throughout the day that's kind of like my thought process i was like i want to stay in alpha especially when i'm writing content you know yeah and um and uh i noticed that i'm doing way less work naturally like i'm not trying to i am it's like i'm doing not less work i'm just working less Without really trying to, Have, did, do you do you notice that happen with your clients or with yourself that when people really get into flow, they may be getting a lot more done, but their hours just kind of get cut? Because that's what's going on. I'm I'm producing like five blogs a week at this point, bro, <laughs> and I'm doing it in a very short amount of time. But uh, but yeah, I'm just curious. Do you notice that as a, like a benefit or like a pattern you see in your clients or yourself?
1: Yeah, man, I do, and and I'd love to speak to another this is sort of a principle of flow as well that really, that really speaks to what you're saying, is there, the flow is a cycle. So people can get caught up in this idea of like, oh, I just want to be in flow all the time because it feels amazing. Like a little sidebar, but you have six neurotransmitters that release happy chemicals in your brain. Something, something as addictive as crack or heroin will pull on maybe two of those levers. And when you tap into a flow state, you're releasing all six of them. So dopamine, anandamide, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. I'm missing one, but.
0: You'll get okay. it's, it's all right. Actually, it's it's really there, on that six, one, six, that you know? one. We know what it is.
1: <laughs> we on a tear, so it's good. Uh, but, but throughout the psych, full cycle of flow, you're, you're flooding your brain with all these happy hormones, which create those amazing effects. So flow in itself can become something that people chase and they're addicted to it. That's why people, big wave surfers, quit their jobs to go surfing.
0: Because oh, their, that feeling is so good. That's right,
1: and that's why people get addicted to work because if they, once you get good at your job, it's easier to get into flow. So mm, I've fallen into this. I've fallen into this trap myself of like constantly seeking it. But I bring that up to say that flow is a cycle, and you know it starts with it starts with struggles. So it's okay before you get into flow, you're like trying to get present. Then you're in flow. You go through an amazing flow cycle. But then you need to have a recovery period before you can get back into flow again.
0: Yes, dude. I have like four naps in my schedule every day. Let's go. 20, yeah, 20 so minute like, naps. Exactly.
1: And it's because, so if you think about it, you, it's almost like resource pools in your brain. So you can think of it as like, you know, you have, you have these like buckets of neurotransmitters and when you get into an, a super deep flow state, they deplete a little bit. Yeah, and then they okay. Come That's, and a, good and That's you're a good way like, to put it. Yeah, so if you think about it, Sure. Can you grind and grind and grind and grind and like force through it? Yeah. But you notice diminishing returns. So it's actually so awesome and supported to do what you're talking about, which is honor the creative process and honor the time in micro moments. Like you can do it on such a different scale. You can do it by the hour. So it's like 45 minutes on 15 minutes off. You can do it by the day where it's like, you know, I take like three hours in the morning and at least three or four and a half in the evening that are just for me. And like, whatever I want to be doing, like is filling my cup.
0: Yeah.
1: And then like just days or weekends, like we went to Miami and we both gotten super nourished by that or not Miami, but Florida and got super nourished by that. So I know I have found for myself and I see it in my clients as well, that the more they honor the, the recovery period, yes. that's actually like when things do change.
0: Mm, but it's also really hard
1: to do that in our culture because most personal development tells you to just keep getting after it
0: yeah and there's just a belief in the world of like just working hard creating a level of success and I I, and I still fall into it too man like I catch myself sometimes like I I, like I have a strict cut off at four or five o'clock but then it's like six and I'm like all right dude come on you got to get out of this so I yeah. fall into it too. But Girl, uh, that's
1: almost a gift, man, because you, you're just naturally care.
0: passionate and excited, yeah. right? Or just excited like to support. I fall into what we were talking about like a straight up trance. Like the yeah. w- information gets passed me by, next thing you know, like hours just go. Yeah, a great thing. But let's go and let's dive into a couple of ways we can manufacture flow. So cool. what are some of the things that we, our listeners can do starting today? Um, I know you gave uh, maybe like, I think it was like 12 different ways. Yeah. You don't have to go through all 12 of those right now or cool. whatever, but what, what are some things we can do to get into this state? Sure. So
1: I'm actually excited for this question because I was we both talked about how we had so, so much creative energy after we both spoke it, at that event. Uh-huh. And I was just kind of like journaling. i like, okay, what are my takeaways? Like, how am I, is there anything shifting in my program? And I came up with the best acronym ever for, for a framework. Okay. So to create flow in your life, you just have to follow the VIBES framework. V-I-B-E-S. All right, I'm
0: taking notes, bro. Come
1: on. You ready for it? You ready yeah. for it? We won't go super into detail. Like, We'll, we'll just touch on these things and people can go But the one that I will speak to, and and some of this stuff is general personal development, but I'll allude to how it's flow specific and how it creates flow. Okay. So, so the first one V vision. So for vision, you have to be super connected to the why of what you're doing. We can talk about daily practices, but that does not matter if the thing you're working on sucks
0: your soul and you hate it.
1: Oh, I love Uh, that.
0: Thank you for saying that.
1: Yes. So when it, so, and, and caveat there, you can get into flow doing things you don't necessarily enjoy, but you have to manufacture the why. You have to somehow tie the why of this mundane thing, like going grocery shopping. Well, if I go grocery shopping, that means I'm spending less and I'm healthier so that I have more vitality and I have more income to pour into Ah, manufacturing right why. Genius. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Dopamine is basically the core flow neurotransmitter. And dopamine is not actually about getting the thing it's about the, the anticipation of getting the thing, Ah, which is really interesting. So you actually like, if you journal on your vision every morning I'll journal on like what I'm excited about. Cause it's how you just tap into that source of dopamine. So the more and more and more, you can connect your small things you're doing to the big vision and the bigger the vision, the more dopamine's accessible. If it's not like, oh, I'm so excited to get my first client. It's like, yeah, I'm excited to sell out the Super Bowl. I'm going to be
0: the first <laughs> the yeah. half-time
1: show at the Super Bowl.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it's lovely. just like the more you feel into that excitement. And I know you're like through the uh, visualization practices you're doing, you're doing something similar, just a different medium. So it can be in visualization too. Yeah. just like, it's hey, just like,
0: I just get yeah, them to remember so like, a successful event. It triggers a really big high. And yeah.
1: Exactly. So V is vision. The I that I think is counterintuitive or not counterintuitive, but something that this is the newest thing I've added is inner wholeness, like coming from a place of inner enoughness. So
0: inner enoughness, I love that.
1: Yeah. And this is, it's, it's not traditional personal development. You can go to deep rabbit hole. And if you're working with clients it's on that, but it's like, if you have experienced deep traumas in your life and you're in fight or flight mode, or you just have deep insecurities about yourself from your childhood and things like that. Again, that's gonna block you. You're not gonna be getting into flow because like flow is essentially you have to be removed from those flight or flight. It's like you're, you're inhibited. You're
0: you have no inhibitions holding you back, right? It's just yeah.
1: and you can and you can navigate it. You can you can be experiencing those things, but you just need to know how to like move through them, right? If those things come up in me, it's how like, to process. How I, yeah, how do I process it and move myself into? Because flow, if you just stay with those uncomfortable emotions and feelings long enough. Flow is your natural state. You just have to be willing to be
0: with them enough. Say that one more time. Say, if you say from the if, if you can stay with your say one more time. If you can stay
1: with those uncomfortable emotions and feelings long enough, flow is your natural state.
0: So, what you're saying, just to make sure I'm clear, is if we allow ourselves to feel our shit, we will return back to our natural state. Which is like this base of flow is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if you even just start with without the flow part, with just the emotions part, anytime we're resisting or not fully, fully feeling through an emotion, part of it's storing in our body. Yeah. And, it's, and that's sort of separating us from our life experience a little bit, you know, we're a little more ungrounded. So sure.
0: And, and from groundedness is how you get into flow, right? Mm-hmm. So there is more to it. But essentially, if you're feeling
1: fight or flighty, if you're feeling like you're in a response, you have to address that first before you can get anywhere because no amount of, no amount of affirmations in a state of like, you know, in, in her, inner panic is gonna get you there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've I actually, when I was first studying brainwaves, I noticed that in alpha, something interesting happens. When you go from beta to alpha, or if you're an alpha and you feel any guilt or any fear or any shame in alpha, it automatically takes you out of alpha. In other words, you can't bring guilt with you to alpha. You mm-hmm. can't bring mm-hmm. shame with you to alpha. Those things are beta emotions. And so beta, that was yeah. <laughs> that was such an interesting concept to me. I was like, Oh my God, like you literally have to leave. So on a, like on a scientific, on a biochemical level, you can't be in flow if you're in fight or flight. Literally.
1: Yeah, and then that's also not to say that you need to heal yourself fully to yes. tap into flow. Yeah. to that real quick. I think not, that's, that's like I've been I've done so much emotional healing over the last year, but even before that, I was you're still able to get into flow. You know, dang, um, dang
0: that. So yeah,
1: cool. so you don't like I don't want this to feel inaccessible to people, but and it's also in here because I think inner work, doing the inner work is the end-all be-all at the end of the so, day.
0: so important that you said that at the end of the day, the external world is a reflection of our own perception. Exactly. So I I love, yeah. don't ever take that out. I would be a out.
1: disservice to tell yes. people who feel emotional, like who just their life quote-unquote sucks, to tell them to just do all the things. And they're still going to feel the same way internally. So to me, it's like so important to at least not master it, but start learning that learning that environment before we like get all gung-ho about changing my life
0: yes god i love that all right
1: beautiful let's go on to the b b we don't even need to spend too much time here but it's the beliefs it's the belief systems so it's like cool i've oriented from vision inner enoughness now it's like based on my vision what are the unconscious things holding me back so you do a lot of work with your clients in this space you definitely understand it Uh, but it is just like again we'll get to the actual tactics and tools but beliefs is super important place to start with and you don't need, it can be just like a half hour session of doing like a bunch of different journaling prompts and understanding what are my perceptions of how I see myself? How are those potentially holding me back?
0: Totally, totally. Well, we'll definitely, well, the clients, I mean, the clients, this audience definitely has a lot of practical ways to change some beliefs. So that's a cool, uh, good, good, uh, they're primed up for that too. So nice. Perfect. All right. Cool. Beautiful
1: so be e.
0: so e is empowered plan
1: again this is this is something we i did in my workshop at the uh, florida event and it, it's kind of basic but you you don't really realize how it's important, so
0: important it is so important dude i don't care how basic it is i know what you're about to type most yeah
1: so it's essentially okay big vision mountaintop i see the top of the mountain how do i turn my mountaintop into google maps like think about the emotional experience between you just get out of your car at the side of Yosemite and you look up three miles. and You're like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get up there. That's kind of a scary feeling, uncertainty. I, I don't know if I can. But you could be doing a cross-country road trip from New York to California that has 892 turns, but you're so chill because you know your phone's got you and you're fully present with just the next turn that you got to take.
0: Mm, I love it. I, I love that. And That's such a good analogy right there. No, bro. it's fine. All right, last uh, one, <laughs> Hyping myself up, but
1: essentially, it's going through that process of reverse engineering your big vision into cool. If that's where I'm going to be a year from now, if that's my huge vision for a year from now, what's my milestone for six months based on that? Three months based on that. What do I need to accomplish in the month of May? That's fucking easy.
0: Yes, bro.
1: Now you sit down, and then so this kind of pivots into the next next part of it, which is assets, systems, and tools. And this is more of what you're asking in the question which is like cool systems and tools, week planning and day planning, again, basic things. But while this is important for flow, flow can't exist in the presence of anxiety and uncertainty.
0: Mm. God,
1: so the, cool. the more extremely one, the more guardrails you put up, right? If you just wake up on a Tuesday and just get after it with no planning, any email or text that comes in, you're going to be like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I want to do that. Or oh, I got to get back to them. So it's, it's being super preemptive. And sitting down at the beginning of your week, month and day to say, what does my day need to and get to look like so that I'm showing up from my highest vision for who I get to be in this world?
0: Mm. I like that framework, bro. The vibes too. The, the, the acronym is just. I know when it hit.
1: I w- literally on the airplane with you. I was trying to figure it out, and I was like, "No, even <laughs>
0: words." I was so pissed off. I, I love it. Make a word out of this. I love um, it, man. I'm now here. Now I'm here thinking. I'm like, man, well, how can I come up with my own acronym? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, so, so what's next for them to know?
1: Yeah. So and then and then from there, it's like cool. You got your. You got like. And like, just op- using a digital calendar is so important. Like the biggest thing you can do is be using a Google calendar to put in all these things. Because to me, my frame on a Google calendar is it's not about like restriction. It's like setting intention for my week and my day. But it's knowing that all I got to
0: do is check these boxes, and I'm creating my level ten vision life across the board. It takes all overwhelm away from me. Exactly, I, it's like a calm of mind when I look at my yes. calendar and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to worry about. It. I just need exactly. to do." Exactly, I'm gonna I'm I'm get a notification about what I got to do next. So let me focus on this. Exactly, and in that,
1: so but it's not just work things; it's all the things. So for me, like I come back from the retreat, and I'm like, you know what? I feel called to like really work on my yoga practice literally two t- two seconds i just put in in my phone like two two one hour chunks where i'm going to go to a yoga studio in my calendar and it's on recurring so like that can just leave my brain i'm like cool i just got to show up and do it mm, more But also space. things like relationships you know so it's like if you're in a relationship and you guys want to work on a certain part of your dating dating relationship schedule that in like the, the people who i see like i supported a really high level coach and he's got his own relationship program and i support the back end of it and his him and his wife have like hundreds of people that go to them and literally all they do is just like make time to be intentional with one another wow. so that's a bit of a tangent but it's just like realizing that no matter what your goal is break it down into the small things that can just be automatic for you and, and focus on repetition rather than perfection oh that's so don't worry. Like if it's like, hey, I want to get better at jujitsu, just show up at jujitsu. It literally does not matter how you do. Just show up. And last uh-huh. six I know we're getting close. Is so tools. These, yes, are, there's a true. bunch of different things you can do every day that prime you for more alpha state. So for me, and, and these are a lot of. We, by, by
0: the way, we go like ten another ten minutes. So don't feel the cool. need to like just rush do everything right now. Perfect.
1: So, and okay, so then let me pause there. So the biggest thing is I said, all those things that I shared kind of create the frame of the car. So before, and because again, if you're, if you're going to practice these like daily tools I'm about to share, they're not helpful if your sleep and wake patterns are all over the place, right? If you're staying up till three in the morning um. and, they stay in, and they go to bed at nine o'clock, like circadian rhythm is, is key. And it's almost about how systematized can you make your life? How like the small things that are not really dependent on your life fulfillment? How can you basically just make them the same? Because your brain taps into flow when it when it has less uncertainty. So the the more kind of you just know what's happening next, the more you're you're settled and present in your body. So Ah. if I'm so for me, if I'm starting with a new client, I need the first thing I need to do is get them waking up and going to sleep at the same time every day. And creating the same 30, it could be 30 minutes to however long you want, but a morning routine that starts at that time. And that, what's in the content of that can always change. Yeah. It's in the thing, evening, like phone is on airplane mode at nine o'clock, you're in bed, by 10 you're asleep is the intention. Something That's- like that.
0: Okay. But then once you have the
1: frame, like the frame needs to be there first. So once you have the frame and you've done the calendar stuff to be like everything between my nine to five or whatever that time block is. Is aligned with my vision, so like it's tapping all that dopamine and excited energy that pulls me forward. Then it's sprinkling in these different daily practices. So you spoke to it about how you have all these different, uh, these like nap times in your in your day. Yeah,
0: for every day.
1: Amazing. So, yes, morning routines are important, and I'll speak to that. But we'll just start with your point, which is I'm a huge proponent of 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off. Okay. You know. So it's called blackjack time blocking. And essentially in casinos, they let their, their um, blackjack dealers only work for 45 minutes at a time because there's so much money on the line if they're not present. So they actually make them take a 15 minute time block.
0: Ah, smart. For reasons,
1: right. And if you think about it, if you go to a football field and you, were tr- you wanted to run like 2000 yards sprinting, you would probably make it like, that would be like 20 football fields in length. If you try to do that all at once, you would pass out. But if you if you run one length of the field and then walk back and give yourself, you know, that like little short break, you can you could run twenty sprints on a football field. Mm. So it works the same with your brain and your dopamine and your your endorphin levels. Is honor that work sprint for forty five minutes or an hour, whatever that might be. Forty five minutes is a great way to start, and then also honor the rest time, honor that break, and even if you're in flow, like and if, if you're in a deep flow sure go go two hours go two and a half hours but then on our 30 minute rest break
0: oh okay wow. interesting so so because there are some times man when like well, i sit down or ri- especially oh, right if you're in phases. go man if you're man, in go. i will go for like from literally from eight to noon and at noon i'm white like i am just exhausted and yeah, i just your brain go this wants... one's <sighs> Yes, bro. Yeah, that makes that's like, it's like at 8 a.m. I'm on and then noon, I'm like, don't talk to me. I need to like take a nap and then, yeah, Yeah. okay. I love it. Yeah, man. But then I get, but when I wake up out of the nap, I'm energized to do what I have to do for the next part of my day because of that nap. Yeah, you honored it.
1: And so that's the important thing because even those who quote unquote take breaks, we take a lot of breaks the day. People are on their phones for like four or five hours a day, (laughs) but it's honoring. It's like, what are you going to do at that time? So during the day, it's like, I would say, you know, try all the things. So, you know, what can you do? Meditation, binaural beats, like a binaural beat nap, different kind of breath work, um, a walk in nature.
0: Visualization.
1: Visualization, grounding, uh, like sauna or ice bath. When I gave up coffee, I was getting in a cold shower like four times a week or four times a day, because I like, I was just, like, it was I was just right up. I just need something to slap me in the face oh, right
0: so, now. So, so real quick, I, I haven't heard you say anything about screens, so I'm guessing these breaks should eliminate screens. They
1: should. So so, this is a fascinating thing that I spoke to. It's funny, because it was something I threw in off the cuff, but at the retreat, it stuck out so much to everybody, which is uh, the idea of grounding in our electrical charge in our body. So with the, the spark notes of this is is wireless technology, phones and computers give off positive, give off a positive electrical charge? It's very, very strong. I was just randomly around someone who was testing these levels in, in a house. That was his job, and he showed me on my body with a monitor how much electrical charge is in my body, and and those levels were about ten times normal than is like supposed to be okay for a human, uh, and that's just everyday normally like what we're what we're doing. So the way I conceptualize this is when you're on and it's like we have a positive and a negative charge so too much time around technology our positive charge gets too elevated and then how does that affect our brain waves a little more fast yep so the whenever we're taking a break the more the more and more we can get away from technology and even just looking at screens alone because there's so much stimulus drive our brain more
0: into beta as well so don't take a break just to scroll on instagram is what you're saying It's the worst thing you could do it's not going to help you Put your phone in yeah, your pocket to highlight Leave your that. phone,
1: go for a 10 minute walk, go lay outside in the sun, lay in your bed if you need to. Um, but keep the screens
0: away. I just, yeah, because I know yeah. that's an important thing. So I just really wanted to make sure I uh, highlighted yes. that. But um, okay, so um, yeah. Any uh, Okay, so you talk about getting our circadian rhythm, the significance of that in line, making sure we're honoring the down times, honoring the recovery, t- recovery times, I should put it. What's the next, um, in terms of a tool for that car?
1: Yeah. So I spoke to a few quickly, but you've got meditation, breath work, and even so like meditation, right? The more self-awareness you have, the more grounded you are. Personally, my favorite tool as of late has been box breathing. So you can Google it. You can find a box breathing thing. I I'm love doing, box breathing. Dude, it, it, my, so let's my do it together just, real quick.
0: Let's do it together. Like let's do it. count, count it. Cause yeah. I want, I want people who are in the audience to do it too. Cause if you do not do box breathing guys, I've said this about like, you know, emotional alpha anchors and stuff, but box breathing is like a Xanax with it's free and it doesn't come with all the side effects. It is insane. how It probably
1: it kicks in faster than Xanax,
0: it, you know, it kicks in way faster than a Xanax. So yeah, let's go ahead and let's do it. So they at least right. know what it is. Perfect.
1: So to set the stage, it's, it's a box. So you can think about it as a five count inhale. So we'll do that one two, three, four, five. You're holding at the top, one, two, three, four, five.
0: Five second exhale, one, two, three, four, five. Five second hold at the bottom, One,
1: two, three, four.
0: And, and it's literally like that. You just like, keep it going. Damn, that felt good. <laughs> I, mean, Ooh, I mean, it's on just, my eyes it's got all drowsy.
1: Yeah, man, it's so good. I, I and what, so here's another hack too. What I've started doing is through my speakers that are in my apartment, I'll play a box breathing track in the background, so I'm not even consciously aware of it, but oh. the beats are going off. It's just going duh du du du, and then the fifth one changes, so it's like a ding. And then it's like a different way. So you don't even need to be paying attention to it, but unconsciously my breathing is slower because it's like
0: mirroring that.
1: Yes. Oh, that's especially mean. in the times of the day where I notice my nervous system gets the most naturally aroused. I'll have that. I've, I've been playing with that.
0: Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so meditation,
1: uh, breath work is great. That's a form of breath work. You can also do a more holotropic breath work for, um, just for heightened energy. So again, super, super high level crash course with breath work, you're flooding your brain with oxygen. So it does allow you to replenish some of those neurotransmitters a bit faster than you would otherwise. Okay. Um, doing more breath. the biggest one I want to give time to is, is yoga and moving the body. So Moving the body almost every day, I think is, is absolutely critical, especially in something that's just like loosening, loosening us up. So that could be like yoga, dance, some like animal flow or something like that. But whenever we're psychologically stressed, we're storing that stress in our body. And it's very, very, very challenging for your, and they're highly linked. So it's very challenging for your brain to feel relaxed if your body's holding tension. And the best way to release that tension and release that lactic acid from your body is to do some super simple yoga. Like it does not need to be complicated. But if you're just getting into your like doing a, a sun salutation flow, which is like five or six movements, and you're again, you're you're basically box breathing because you're matching your movements with the breath, it's a really, really way to get grounded. But I think there's like there's like mental getting grounded, but then you're also like this is five percent of your antenna what right? I say, You have this huge thing down here so it's like let's give attention to this huge thing down here the entire nervous center. system yeah so just really honoring and getting in the body
0: is is huge beautiful beautiful well this has been an awesome conversation man and i know um me and you i still need to go to a freaking workout and now with this thing going away i can definitely go to a workout And one of your amazing brunches, but I wanted to come in here again and just say, dude, thank you so much for coming here and chatting with us. Now, if people want to reach out to you or if you have something just specific you'd like to give to the audience for them to, you know, get into your world, how can they reach out to you? Or is there anything you'd like them to um, look at?
1: Absolutely. So my... uh, high performance program based on the vibes framework that I that is just getting released so actually I was so excited from our time that I like completely scrapped my old program like I'm, oh my god year. I love that yeah and randomly but I just and we talked about flow states like the other day it was just like eight hours of constant content creation of just like recording video stuff. so um yes I'm super excited to relaunch that it's my coaching brand is Elevate ELV8
0: I saw that. I was looking at that. I was like, "That is a nice brand." I was trying to figure out what brand it was, but that's yours. Yes, sir. Good name, right. bro. So you can go like to, exactly,
1: and this is perfect because it's. I'm in the. I'm in the phase of launching it right now, so I'm. I'm telling you this before it's live, but they they can go to elv8life l i f e dot com to see what I've got going on in the world. There'll be free offers there as well outside of my coaching and my course programs. Um,
0: Beautiful, But that's a great way for them to get into your world and learn absolutely. more about yourself. And also yourself. my Instagram
1: as well. I would say
0: that is. Um, OK, I'll put your I'll put your handle below. So yeah, below, guys, a great place as well. Yeah. So below, I'll put Delaney's handle. He's way more active on Instagram than Facebook. He told me that himself. So keep that in mind. And I'll put that URL below in the show notes as well. Now, Delaney, one of the things that I ask all of our clients, I mean, why am I saying client? Maybe because I have a session coming up. That's probably why I'm there thinking of clients. But I like to ask all of our um, uh, interviewees, all of our you know audience that comes on here. And that is, if you had 60 seconds left in the world, okay? Just 60 seconds, you know, okay, in 60 seconds, I will be transitioning out of this physical dimension And you had one message left to give, you had like a freaking, you know, big megaphone that went over the entire world and everybody was going to hear it. What would that one message be? Mm. It would be that you have all the answers inside of you. Nothing that
1: you need in this life lies outside of you. And if you just trust and hone that connection with yourself, everything you could ever want, is already yours.